What's going on, guys? On today's show, we're going to go over who we like best in this 2020 class by doing our first mock on the pod. We'll discuss format, draft strategy, how the rest of the fantasy community feels about the incoming class, and more. Let's roll. Streaming from beautiful Portland, Oregon, for all things fantasy football. This is the Tutty Talk Podcast. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley. Ray Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He did what? It's a C-Mac attack. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. A lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. You like that? You like that? Here are your hosts, Bryce Wells. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna put you on blast. Kevin Nelson. It's a damn shame because Pete Carroll is wasting Russell Wilson and there's nothing we can do about it. And Chase Daskalos. No! Lamar Jackson is gonna be a top five quarterback. I'm really not into dreams. I'm into fucking nightmares. Welcome back to the Tutty Talk Podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. And today, by no surprise, we've got the usual crew here. Kevin and Chase, how we doing tonight? We're doing good. Yeah, another day, another pod. What's up, world? Ready to rock and roll, baby. Well, guys, I'm really excited about this pod because now the combine's over. We finally have something to to really go off of here instead of blindly shooting into the dark. And now we get to do a mock draft because we're addicts, and I'm just itching to cook up one of these mock drafts. Um, only two more months, though, and then it's real. We get uh, We get the actual NFL draft. Um, hopefully by the time we go to Vegas, the coronavirus calms down. That's the last thing I think we all need, you know, is our, you know, for our vacation to get ruined. Uh, we've been looking forward to this for a little while. If you're wondering why we didn't go over tight ends, it's because this class isn't particularly that great. Uh, last year, you were able to pick up guys like Darren Waller off the waiver wire. A, f- a few years before that, it was George Kittle. And then there's Mike Gusecki in the mix. This year, it might be Blake Jarwin with Witten out most likely not coming back, or maybe even Ian Thomas. Um, last year was different in particularly because people were talking about guys like TJ Hawkinson and Fant all off season, um, but really neither were that playable except for Fant later in the season. Just to quickly highlight, uh, two of the rookie tight ends that we kind of have our eyes on or looking out for is the first one's Adam Troutman um, from Dayton. He was all around looked the best at the combine, and the second one is Albert Okugbunam, and I'm not going to try to pronounce that again. From here on out, forever, we will refer to him as Albert O. Um, mm-hmm. He's from Missouri, six foot six, two sixty, and ran a four four nine forty. So that was good for a 99th percentile speed score. So those are the two. You know, keep your eye out for them. See what round they go in, where they get drafted, and what team snags them. So not a lot in the tight end, and in leagues that we play, the, the tight end is is just pretty normal. We're trying to switch our league to a tight end premium, but after playing fantasy football for most of our lives, uh, we've done it. We've found the single best scoring format for fantasy football. Everybody leave their single QB leagues for a 2QB or Superflex. Uh, Superflex for that 12-man league. Um, 
it just makes the value of the quarterback that much more equal to running backs and wide receivers. Um, if you aren't doing it half point or full point PPR, uh, you're probably doing it wrong. Uh, you got to get those receiver points uh, any way you can. I mean, they got all the points you're missing out on with CMC and Michael Thomas and those guys. More players, more points. It's just way more fun. Simple as that. Um, whenever we're talking values of players and rankings of players, that's what we're we're going off of. So, for instance, like in the mock today, QBs are going to be way higher up than a league that doesn't value quarterback because a rookie QB really has no value just yet. So uh, moving on, let's get into some of these topics um, and questions first before we dive into this mock draft. Yeah, so we've got uh, a couple different draft strategy approaches, but we're going we're gonna to start off by kind of going over you know, how we handle our drafts. Um, there's a lot of questions, you know, when it comes to draft strategies. When drafting rookies, you know, what kind of what kind of approach do you have? Is it focusing on, you know, taking top running backs in the first round, or is it quarterbacks or wide receivers? Are you drafting, you know, you know, value based on what the community thinks? Are you doing highest perceived value by league members? We've got a bunch of these. We're going to go over real quick and, and just kind of get everybody's opinion around here. Um, so, Kevin, let's let's kind of start with you. Um, you know, how are you drafting? Are you going by by one of these? You know, whether it's running running backs is is your main focus. What what's your league? You know, kind of views guys as mm-hmm. and where they're at on that. Uh, what are you thinking? My f- instant knee jerk reaction to all this is team need. Like, what does my individual team need in dynasty? So, um, for instance, last year I traded up to go get Dwayne Haskins. Now looking back on that, maybe a little weird because I could have waited and got Daniel Jones, who ended up being a better fantasy player than um, a top five pick in Dwayne Haskins. Um, I traded up to, to get him at three, but I really needed a quarterback. I literally had two in a two-quarterback league. You're not going to survive with that. So you got to have three. Um, so so QB was huge on my list to start. After that, it, it's got to be running back and then receiver. But um, again, last year, the receivers kind of outweighed the running backs as far as where I was picking. So then it comes down to, to best available. Kind of in that process. Team need, who's available, and moving on after that. Chase, how do you feel? For me, well, especially in Superflex, you're normally going to see uh, two two quarterback. Normally, pick one, two, or th- one, one through three is going to be the top two quarterbacks. You know, for us last year, I took Kyler Murray 101, Dwayne Haskins went 103. And then there's kind of that big run on um, running backs, receivers, sometimes even tight ends. And then kind of in the second is where you see those third and fourth quarterbacks go so for me after those the big name quarterbacks like kyler murray and joe burrow are off the board i'm a big advocate of taking the running backs first um rb2 rb3 rb4 i would be comfortable with taking them over even the number one wide receiver in the rookie drafts and you know why why is this well to me running backs like we said when we talked about the rookie running backs these guys are the cornerstones and they're the building blocks of your dynasty teams they they're safer picks we want safety in the first round and then we shift to upside in the second and the third you know they're safer they have more value and honestly like looking back on last year halfway through the season you could have probably traded josh jacobs who i got at the 107 for like Nikhil harry and aj brown who hadn't really done anything halfway through the season because rookie wide receivers they take longer to produce so if you could take advantage of somebody who who is isn't patient enough doesn't understand that 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 these the running backs are really plug and play and that the rookie receivers are going to take a little bit you could definitely take advantage of somebody and like if if i would have done that 
I basically would have been trading the 107 for the 102 and the 104, which obviously that does not even make sense to do in the draft. Hey, I'll give you the 107 for the 102 and the 104. Like what? So if you could take advantage of somebody doing that, that's what I like. I like to soak up all the value I can get. And to me, that's the running backs. Yeah. So I think for me, I find myself kind of similar to Kevin where I go by team need. Now, where I think I also go wrong is that I'm not paying close enough attention to draft capital. Um, and, and to just kind of pull an example from, from the draft capital perspective, uh, last year I had the 105 and 106, and I had traded the 103 to Kevin so he could get that quarterback. And I ended up drafting Miles Sanders, the first RB off the board, um, at the 105. And then I went Paris Campbell at the 106. Now, hindsight, I should have drafted both the running backs back-to-back, but I was desperate for wide receiver, wide receiver depth and I was thinking Paris Campbell mixed with Andrew Luck. This is a Oof. smash. I wasn't gonna. I was gonna miss out on him had I not drafted him at that spot. So I really wanted him. So it ended up coming out to, you know, best player available based on my own value. Um, and I think that's that's kind of where I went wrong. And I think one thing is is you know you really need to take a look at how your league thinks and try to try to get the value of each member of your league. Um, I think when, if you're trying to draft based on value of what the community thinks, I think that's really a, a mistake because uh, that means you're basically believing that the rest of your league members are doing the same research as you and going over what the other com- what the rest of the community thinks. I think it's really hard to not draft based on your team needs, um, and I think it's one of those things where if you're trying to draft based on the highest perceived value of your league members, I think that's just super risky. That's too risky for me. I'd rather just have the guys that I like that I believe are are the best player available. Team need based off a big board, like build a board. You can use the community. You can use a a resource. You can use Matthew Barrier, you know, whoever you want to use as a, as a resource to, to get you going and then really like break it down on what does your team need? But then the most important thing I think after all all you've done for your team is who's around you in the draft. Or maybe how do you get more value in a draft by trading your pick? You know, if you don't have a first-round pick and you really need a certain guy and you believe that that guy's going to be the next big thing and you're willing to die on it, trade up. Go do it. You know, like be willing to take risks. Get rid of guys that are maybe older or, you know, still are hanging on to value that if you're a team that's rebuilding, you're not going to have that guy when you're fully rebuilt. So move on. Don't get too emotionally attached to players, but you know, find that value and find out what other guys are doing. Do a mock draft. We've done a couple already, and that's really changed perspectives of other players in our league that go, oh, shit, I can get these two guys at the back end of this round or whatever where they weren't even thinking about it before. That you know, really changes the whole narrative of the draft by thinking, okay, that's a really talented guy at that late of a spot based on everybody else's need. And those mock drafts really shake things up. Nuts. I highly recommend <laughs> you take your league and do a mock draft because they will all sweat a little by the end of it, either wanting to get more picks or fit, you know, basically figuring out what's going to land there. Um, but rule number one, draft based on draft capital. I learned that the hard way last year. Josh Jacobs was a first-round pick. He was obviously the best running back off the board. Now I know there's Miles Sanders truthers out there. Um, you can go ahead and think that he's the best running back. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with you there. It's I think it's pretty neck and neck. But um, in two quarterback leagues, I think it's it's really hard to take quarterbacks ahead of running backs in two quarterback leagues because 
I see the upside of running backs, mm-hmm. for the most part, quarterbacks all score around the same amount of points unless you really get lucky with the Mahomes or Lamar Jackson that stand out. So I almost want to draft running backs ahead of quarterbacks in these leagues because I know the turnaround on running backs is so much quicker. It's so much mm-hmm. easier. You know, you, The moment somebody sees a guy go for 100 yards in a game or a couple touchdowns, it, that, it's a media value. Right, that's the guy. What I love about like two quarterback rookie drafts is if you're set at quarterback and you don't need to take any – all those quarterbacks flying off the board in front of you, all it's doing is just it's pushing this value back to you. So, like, for me, I have Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray who are both in my top four of dynasty quarterbacks. I'm not looking to take a quarterback early. So, in a, like in a non-two-quarterback league, Jonathan Taylor is the 101, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a guy who's – he's going to go with the 103. It just – it pushes all this value back. And for my strategy of taking running backs, like, that fits perfectly. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, once you get sorted at quarterback – your dynasty draft gets oh, so much easier and fun and, and fun, yeah, because you're exactly you have that more chase freedom. Yeah, you're just going okay. Who's gonna fall to me? That's what mm-hmm. makes you that excited. That if you've got a, an early first round pick and there's a QB needy team, hey me every fucking year. Um, <laughs> you just trade that pick, that one one hundred three or one hundred four, where they think they they get the the franchise QB or whoever, and you get two back end first, where your guy that you wanted up that pick is gonna be there anyway. Like, that's just the luxury of having good quarterbacks. And it sucks, like, right now I have three quarterbacks, one being old as shit, Ben Roethlisberger, and I still feel obligated to want to draft a quarterback even though I don't want to at the end of the day. And it's one of those things where, like, I'm probably going to have to just in case, um, but it's just super annoying. I hate it. This changing of the guard, too, in the NFL, like how many old quarterbacks are there right now? How many guys are we like on the oh, – he's going to retire this year. He's going to retire. Drew Brees and Brady and Roethlisberger and Eli's gone now. Like there's a lot of teams that are kind of banking on those guys to come back and be one of their three quarterbacks. So I think now more than ever is such an awesome time for those non-QB needy dynasty teams that are just watching these running backs and receivers fall because of that super high-needed quarterback right now. I think it, in this draft as well, there's a lot of quarterbacks I want to take a shot I at. I know, dude. There's like four, <laughs> We're going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, there's like four guys that I, I feel really good about. Mm-hmm. And every year in our drafts, we have a quarterback that falls of the late first, early second, and that quarterback ends up being very playable. Right, better than maybe Most, one of the QBs at the top right. that was taken in the first four picks. Right, it's it's super frustrating. The guys with the picks at the end of the dra- uh, first round, they always feel great. They always feel good about their position, so... That's just where we're at with that. So, are you guys ready to start this mock? I think we, I think we are, right? Yeah, Chase, you got I, something am else? I, am I on the clock? Uh, so, uh, before we get into that, I did randomize the order to make Bullshit. sure. I swear to God, <laughs> I swear to God, I randomized this. Um, so, Chase is going to start. I'm going to go second. Kevin's going to go third, and we're just going to continue that cycle through. Um, let's see, 24 picks. So, Chase, you're on the clock. Um, this is free. You can go wh- wherever you'd like. Um, so go for it. Okay. Um, after all that running back talk, I think consensus, I would be a fool to not take Joe Burrow 101 to quarterback league. You just kind of, you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't happen in your league, that's a two QB league and you've got that second pick, like congrats. I think nice. where, it gets, <laughs> where it gets dicey is, is whether or not you believe Joe Burrow's better than Tua Tagovailoa. Now, I think what's going to be interesting is if Tua ends up in a way better landing spot than mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, and that's possible. I think the expectation is that 
you know, Tua goes to Miami. But but, but if he goes somewhere else, if, let's Washington. say he somehow gl- Dude, that I, rumor's weird. I don't believe that one. I don't oh. believe that. I think I think they like that Haskins been in the in the They better like Haskins. Yeah. Well he's been <laughs> he's been working hard the every day this offseason. So that's that's a report on that. But um I mean somehow Tua falls with the Chargers. Do you like Tua at, at you know in LA over Burrow and Cincinnati? No. Really? What about the upside of Tua just because he can run? Can he run? Uh-huh. As long, I mean, I think I believe that he's fully healthy, so it's just uh, it's interesting. So, with my second pick, I will gladly take oh Jonathan Taylor. Oh my! And the draft is shooketh. Jonathan Taylor. So, so I think too. I, w- I I wanted to take him. It's he's he's so good. He is so. I think Jonathan good. Taylor is the most, pro- in my opinion, the most elite fantasy football um, option in this rookie draft and personally I don't want to miss out on him um, I think Tua Tua is an easy super flex pick at the 102 but um, I think I think you know Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy that ends up providing you with the points you're looking for and I think even an even better a, a better landing spot I think he's going to go to a good team where he can really shine so I'm going to take the upside of Jonathan Taylor on this one um, I, I might be able to pick up a quarterback later. I'm gonna be all right. Yeah, I think I think he will in this draft. I mean, hopefully, and and we still don't know with Tua. You know, he's been cleared for some things, and you know, he's walking around. He was at the combine, but still, the the scary part with him is a uh, major injury. So um, you hope the best for Tua, and he might be a better talent. We talked about it on the pod. Tua might be better than Bro. He, I think he is. Yeah, he he was until Bro's like unbelievable season. So uh, with that, I'm gonna take Tua. With the third pick of the draft um, for pretty obvious reasons. You know, we've talked about him a ton on the show. Don't need to spend a lot of time on him. But um, like you're saying, if he, if he ends up on a good team and he's healthy, look out league, uh, models himself after Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, he says. So that's a pretty deadly combination. Chase, what so are you going to do? Is, oh, sorry. I'm no, sorry. Ahead, I was just asking, what are you going to do here? This is this is where it gets interesting, right? Yeah, no. So, I mean, this plays right into my strategies. I think most people would lean towards and they'd think, okay, uh, QB1's gone, RB1's gone, QB2's gone. So who am I going to go with? I'm going to go with the the first wide receiver. I am not taking C.D. Lamb here. This this is what I'm talking about. I will probably take RB2 or RB3 before I take a receiver. So I would go with my RB2, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. I think that's the right – I think that's the right pick – you know, Swift, once again, it's it's he's such a weird player right now because I feel like one day I'm hearing everybody's in love with Swift. The next day I'm getting the opposite reports on Swift. It's such a um some for some reason polarizing player that I am I mean, I think it's a sure thing for Swift. And I think out of all of the running backs, um, I think he has the best chance of going to the best spot. I mean, I look at KC at 32, and I'm thinking that's probably where they're going to take him. But mm-hmm. other people don't have them, them even taken running back in the first round. So I'll, I'll let that uh, my my dreams, you know, die and burn in flames if, if that's the case. Say Swift goes to KC and Jonathan Taylor goes to, gosh, I don't even know anywhere Miami. But Swift and KC does he jump? does he jump Taylor in our books? Mm. Because I'm so high on Taylor. It was literally a, it was a question at, at one for me. I wanted to take Taylor. He's that good. But 
landing spot is huge for running backs when they get the opportunity, the offense that he's, he would be in at Kansas City, all the red zone opportunities, all that 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 goes into that. We like Taylor more as a prospect, but does would that landing spot change it for you guys? I, I For me, I think it would. It would depend on how the status of my team was. Like if I was one player away, one running back away from thinking that I'm in like a championship mode or at least playoffs, um, I think I'd take Swift there because he is – Shady McCoy to the Chiefs, but like from five or six years ago. Like, no. think of how good he could that would have been, you know, in this offense. Take one of the best offenses of all time and then throw in this, you know, human highlight reel type of a player. So, um, whereas I think Taylor has like this super long career ahead of him, fuck all the nonsense of him not being able to, you know, withstand whatever because he's already done it in college, but, um, yeah, it really is dependent on a landing spot. That's like the perfect one, though. If Swift lands in the perfect spot, maybe you take those quarterbacks ahead of him in this in this little mock, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I think you're right. I think this is the only scenario where a running back gets taken ahead of Taylor. Swift goes to KC. They both end up having first-round draft capital. Taylor's got to go somewhere bad. Yeah, I mean, Miami's bad. Um, do I think the talent outweighs the landing spot? I mean, that's the same situation we're running into with A.J. Brown this last year. People didn't want to draft him, even though he's the best receiver on the board, in my opinion. I felt that way all offseason, so I was locked in on A.J. Brown. But, you know, that mm-hmm. that's where you go, okay, now I just have to make a, a decision here. Taylor goes to Jacksonville. Fournette's gone. If Fournette leaves, yeah, I think I'd still take Taylor. I, I'm a pretty big believer in Jonathan right. Taylor, so... All right, Bryce, you're up 105. Yep. yep, I already know who I'm taking here. Ooh. I'm I'm going to go – I'm drafting pure upside right now, so I'm going CeeDee Lamb. This yeah. is where – if I if I take Jonathan – look, I know we're we're going in threes here, so we're all going to have – we're all going to have great players on our on our draft. But um, if I'm taking Taylor, I'm going to go – I'm going to go CeeDee Lamb. I feel like I, those are the two guaranteed hits um, at uh, any position outside of quarterback, and that's how I feel. I think it's. Uh, I think so far I've got a good start. So I'm going CD through the first ten picks. I think we're going to see like each of us take a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and I mean somebody's going to have two picks. That's Chase. Um, he gets two first round picks essentially uh, before we jump into. We've we've we're saying this is a twelve team league and it goes all the way to the one twelve. So everybody gets a first round pick, but really most leagues ten. Um, I think everybody's going to have a quarterback, running back, wide receiver. This is what I think. We'll see. So far, so good. Um, at the one oh six. I don't think we need to talk about CD, do do we? I mean, no, I think we all the feel the same. And, he's he's the the best receiver in this class. Yeah, um, I'm going right down the list, and a guy that's really climbed a lot of spots for me. I didn't watch a whole lot of ACC football this year. Um, oh no, <laughs> But I'm going south, and I'm going to Willie Taggart's former uh, coaching destination for a hot second to go get Cam Akers, the running back there. Um, he doesn't even deserve an RIP. You can. <laughs> I, I wasn't trying. Okay, good. <laughs> I wasn't going to drop that one. Um, but Cam Akers has just looked so good. Uh, the combine was a huge rise for him. The footwork, the speed, the agility, everything that he has to offer uh, on top of the things that we talked about in our running back pod where that offensive line was just dog shit and he still was, was terrific. So I think he, he's built for the NFL so many Florida State running backs, you know, are in the league now that I just think that they're kind of on RBU and Cam Akers is the next one coming out of college that's going to really impress us. Regardless of landing spot, I like him in the first round. Yeah, that was my pick that I was hoping to get him there. And that just sticks with the 
the running back strategy. He's ahead of Dobbins now. Um, I think we had Dobbins ahead of him in our in our uh, running yep. back uh, like two two episodes ago or whatever. But you know, Dobbins just not working out at the combine, and Acres looking good. I definitely slot in Acres now at RB three. So for me here at one oh seven, it's kind of tough. Kind of tough. Um, I think I might throw us a little curveball here. Ooh. Last week I said this guy was my favorite player in the oh. class. I'm going Jalen Rager. Whoa. 107. That's, that's a PCU. Little, that's a little early for Upside, my taste. Baby. Give but me Rager. We talked about landing spots on Rager last week. And I think I think Green Bay just fits that that type of role that they're looking for with Jalen Rager just being able to do so much on the field. I think they they get the speed. You know he he's he's pretty thick. He, I mean he wasn't he didn't blow people way out. Uh, you know on the forty, but um, he also came in a little bit heavier. I think he, he he'll either shed that off or maybe tighten that up a little bit. Um, I think Rager. I think Rager's definitely going to end up being a first round pick in rookie drafts. Oh That's yeah, pretty bold. I think I think he's going to be a first round bold. pick in the NFL. Oh yeah, probably. I yeah. don't know. With rookie drafts, it's a little bit different, though. You know, I think no matter what, he's late first, early second. I don't think he's dropping any farther than that, unless Justin Jefferson and ty- those types of guys, Denzel Mims, um, even like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they all go to great landing spots. Yeah. You're going to rethink that Rager pick. Well, I mean, and think about, like, the, the guys in your league and the guys that you're drafting with. Somebody's going to love Rager like Chase does. I mean, you, where you're willing to go up and get him. Somebody last year, me, loved DK Metcalf, was willing to do whatever to go up and get him. You know, there's there's going to be guys that really like Jalen Rager for the obvious reasons where I think that even if a running back ends up on a good spot, they're like, nope, I don't need a running back. I want this guy because he's going to be good. And everything leads us to believe that Jalen Rager in the NFL is going to be a very good receiver. Yeah. I don't care where he ends up. Like, look at DJ Moore and what he's done in Carolina without the team around him. So Right. Yeah, um, I, I don't know how I feel, just to stay on Rager real quick, I don't know how I feel about Rager's comp to DJ Moore simply because DJ Moore had this phenomenal college production at Maryland. I mean, he's he had a, a ton of yards there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's different because the quarterback place was pretty bad at TCU. Um, so I think I think they, they look the same body size-wise, but I don't know if their game translates to the same st- type of skill set. So we'll see. I like Rager a lot. I do. Um, moving on. I think this is an easy one now. Justin Herbert sliding to 108 is just too far. Now, I would have probably taken him at uh, 105 had CD not been there. Um, but uh, I feel pretty good about Justin Herbert. I think uh, he's he's almost locked in at, at uh, one. Let's see. What are the Chargers picking at? Sixth? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a lock uh, for them. I think that's what they're going to go with. So I like I like Herbert in that offense. Um, they just got a new new tackle today so that that'll be interesting so the you know, justin herbert i like i like justin herbert i think he's got a lot of upside especially with that arm yeah he was <laughs> he blew a lot of people away at the combine i don't know why because nobody watched the pac-12 this year that's why i don't Everybody's blame like, him. justin herbert what Who, who's that guy he's really tall i mean oregon was the only reason to watch the pac-12 this year i know and they even you know they had a shot at having a pretty solid run they blew it a couple times so it's unfortunate pretty solid run led to the rose bowl so, yes great I mean, Great. <laughs> um, 109. There's some mm, – there's, there's a lot of guys I like right Lucy. now. Yeah. God, that's no. why I want these first-round picks, pick from. right? I want these picks so bad in our league, it's not even funny. Um, it's it's remarkable that Jerry Judy's still on the board. Um, 
Yeah, I think I can. Oh, God, I don't want to do this. Do it. Do yeah. it. Be bold. Feel, go with what you feel like is the best player available. Yeah, or... I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. Ah, uh, damn it. Yeah, I'm going to go Dobbins. Um, he sat out at the Combine, but I, I still go, hey, don't forget about his season. Yeah. You know, so many guys were high on him before the Combine, and it, it, everybody puts way too much stress on it. If you work out, you work out. If you don't, you don't to me. And for a player that was so productive in college, literally better than Ezekiel Elliott in college. Yeah. Better that, than Ezekiel Elliott. It's a big deal. Who and, is a top three running back in the league? No. He's top five, yeah. Top three, top yeah. four, top five, wh- yeah, whoever. Totally. I mean, Come on, he's going to be productive in the NFL, and I, I, I really hope he ends up on a team that um, can use him in, the, in a similar way as the Cowboys use Zeke. I just want to know why he came in so small. I just what, what happened to the 10 pounds that he was supposed to have on him going into this draft, and not to mention a couple inches. Like what? He's like the same size as Clyde Edwards-Alaire now, and, now we're, and then he doesn't test. Now we're relying on the pro day, which we all know how I felt about that. If you want to know why, go back to the last episode. I explained why. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think J.K. Dobbins has got a great profile. It, I think he's probably dropping a little too far. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think once we get a little more, he's going to pop back up. Yeah, when we get closer to the draft, he's going to rise again. Totally. I think he, he only goes at 109 is because he's not he's not on the top of our minds right now. He's on this little – teeter-totter where right after the season everyone everyone is grinding fantasy oh look at his production look at all this so he's up super high i mean i've seen i saw him as people's rb1 uh, rb2 and then and then you don't you don't uh participate at the combine you don't work out at the combine you start falling on the, these other guys start rising like acres we have acres ahead of him now so i think that's why and then it, when he gets drafted i've seen him mocked in the first round he first running back off the board teams don't really care that he didn't work out so and then he could rise back up. But anyways, at the 110, I was super pumped when Bryce took Herbert at the 108 because this is what I'm talking about. We're in two quarterback leagues. There's not going to be three – in a single quarterback league, there's not going to be three quarterbacks going in the first round. No. There's probably not even going to be one. So when Bryce took Herbert, I knew I was either getting at the 110 Dobbins or who I'm going to take here, have to, Jerry Judy. And mm. we had him at receiver two. He's probably my third. Um, I'm high on Rager. So, I mean, Jerry Judy at the 110, uh, that's that's juicy. Yep. And you're going to see that in two quarterback leagues. One of these receivers, Rager, probably not CD, um, or Judy, uh, is going to fall. And <laughs> this type of situation is very realistic at the 110, 119, 111, 201, that type of area. So, um, I'm not shocked to see Judy there in this type of league, but uh, it's going to happen. Um, I love Judy. Uh, I think he. it's really tough to force him into the top half of this draft. It's impossible. You have too many good running backs. You have too many good quarterbacks. And, um, you know, there's some receivers that people like ahead of Judy right now. And unfortunately for him, that just pushes him down. If you're in this type of league, I mean, you have uh, – Jerry Judy at the 110 is very – very realistic. Probably a little bit earlier. Um, I don't think people are going to take Rager ahead of Judy, but that might happen given the landing spot. Um, Judy is, in my opinion, probably the most talented when it comes to to route running. Uh, he's going to probably have, similar to CeeDee Lamb, the the quickest impact on, on his position uh, among all other rookies. So uh, that's a great pick at 110. I think that makes my 111 that much easier, though. Um, 
two quarterback league. You know what's up next? Jalen Hurts. Oh, Bastard. oh my God! Let's so, go. So I take Jalen Hurts here. Um, he, we all know how, if, especially if you've been, you've been listening to the pod. We we are very high on Jalen Hurts. I think there's a lot of unnecessary slander being thrown at him. Um, he comps out to Cam Newton. That's almost, I mean, pretty damn similar. His 40, his his senior season, um, his his running ability is gonna is also gonna make him one of the more easy easier options to start at quarterback among the rookies. So uh, I think this was a smash hit right here at this spot. A 111 Jalen Hurts two quarterback league count me in I do that every day All right so the start of your second round in in 10 team leagues and in this case it's the 111 but I think that's right around where he he should yeah. be going and yeah. and will be going as this hype train continues to to build so um 112 or um jumping into the 202 huh, best available Man. There's a lot of good names left on this list. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I've gone pretty heavy running back, and I think I, I need to kind of continue the trend with best available, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for me oh. here at the 112. Dude, you're, you're wow. killing me. Sniping, <laughs> sniping RBs. Um, yeah, the running back. Like, I, I don't want us to forget about how important that position is. And, you know, if there's a lot of talent early in this draft and then it fades off, People are talking about there's 27 receivers that could go in the first three rounds. You're going to find guys in your league, even in the third round probably this year, that are going to end up being somewhat fantasy relevant, I think, at the receiver position. So um, hog those running backs while you can. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the 112 for me. Yeah, you keep sniping me, man. Like I was going to take uh, Akers, and you took Akers, and I was going to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and you took Edwards-Hilaire. So I feel like I'm kind of going against my strategy here with taking running backs. So I got to think here who I'm going to take here at the 201. I would probably go with – I'm going to go Jordan Love. Hey. Quarterback, taking Jordan Love. That makes my decision-making that much easier. I was I was probably going to take Jordan Love at this next pick. I love the upside of Jordan Love. I'm starting to buy yeah. into it a little bit. It's kind of like um, – it's. It's similar to Patrick Mahomes where he slid. Everybody had questions about him. The only thing is, is Jordan Love had a ton of interceptions in that final season. So that's the only thing that makes me a little nervous. But he looked good in the at the combine, so maybe he can translate that to the NFL. We'll have to see. I think that's going to be one of those situations where he has to sit behind a vet. Perfect. I was literally just going to say that. I feel comfortable taking him there because I have Joe Burrow, who we know is going to play off the rip. Jordan Love needs to sit a year. He's raw. He played in the Mountain West. He, like, per- perfect. Sitting a year behind a veteran, that's what you're not going to expect Jordan Love to play immediately his first year. What's kind of funny about Love, too, is at the combine, everybody's like, oh my God, is this so fluid? His arm's so loose and everything like that. It's like, that's that's great. That that does sound like a guy that maybe needs to sit if he had a ton yeah. of picks and was on a bad team. And he gets the the cop out, the excuse of his team around him was so bad, but it's still I'm with you guys. He worries me a little bit. I don't love him. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're so funny, Kevin. Uh this pick is tough because I feel obligated. You know, I, I've been drafting BPA all day, so I am not going rugs. 
because I'm not a Ruggs guy. I think he's going undrafted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. No, not one of us is going to draft this guy. We're all too scared to do it. It's I won't like, do it. You can't make me do it. It's – I just – I'm going to go – I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Okay. That's what I thought you'd do. Yeah. I, that's my guy in this class when it comes to tier two receivers uh, after the CD lambs, the Jerry Judy. Um, I would say Rager is ahead of Jefferson, but I'm not there. I think I'm taking Jefferson over Rager, over Mims, over rugs. I, I really, 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 really like Justin Jefferson, big believer. So, um, yeah, I'm going upside. I think Justin Jefferson's that that guy's going to fill that role just fine. I think, uh, yeah, I kind of like this. Two quarterbacks, best running back, two top-end wide receivers. So we'll, we'll let's keep this going. Kevin, you go, you go ahead. Yeah, first quick on Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget, 111 receptions, yeah. over 1,100 yards receiving. Uh, he had the touchdowns. He was a part of maybe the best offense ever in college football. So, um and then impressed to the combine where people, you know, kind of forgot you, the the glam and the glitz of like the names of the combine. Justin Jefferson has every right to be, you know, right there with those guys. And, and he over over exceeded expectations. Yeah, and and that's what I mean. Like the expectations were he was just another guy. Yeah. And he came in and was not another guy. He's one of the guys. So yep, yep. right there. I, I, now is where you start to hunt receiver, right? Like we've picked apart this running back class a little bit. Um, the QBs are, are kind of rolling off the board here. We've seen five quarterbacks go. We've seen four receivers and five running backs. So now we start to see all the talent of receiver that's still really, really damn good uh, start to roll off the board. So for me, here at this pick, I'm not a rugs guy. Nobody is on this podcast. Um, he didn't hit the combine at all, but it's got to be T. Higgins, right? Uh, probably going to be a first-round pick. You're taking uh, T right here? I'm taking T right here. Oh, my. Um, at Thank the 203. You. Thank you. Um, T Higgins for me here. Just a production in college in the frame. Uh, I think he'll be a first-round pick in the NFL draft and go to a team that really needs receiver maybe the later portion of that uh, first round, the uh, last 10 picks or so. Um, I don't see a team trading up to get him, but um, he's going to kill his pro day, and we're going to see him start to rise again. And I doubt you'll be able to find him in your in your draft at the two hundred three. I really, I really want to like T Higgins. Like we we were hyping him up before the combine. Like this was this was our guy before Justin Jefferson was our guy. And it's just so I think we're maybe our frustrations getting in a little bit in the way here. I think T Higgins, T Higgins is this is exactly where he should go. This is this is what it, what I expect. Um, I actually had T Higgins right behind Rugs, so. I thought it was going to be between those two. So I think we know who Chase is taking here, though. Yeah, you made it easy on me. And I think these three these these three guys are definitely in their own little tier. And in, in drafts in the future, I think they're going to go basically like one, two, three, like this. Don't, don't know what order in. But once one goes, I think you're going to see a run on them. So I'm going Denzel Mims. Um, I was going to take him at 203 if I was there. I like him a little more than Higgins just because we've seen the testing and we see the profile. And he didn't wimp out and not test at the combine. So Denzel Mims for me. Yeah, Mims is the uh, type of guy that people are are sleeping on. Um, I think the combine really helped him out. He's 90th percentile and damn near every metric. Um, I've watched so much film on Mims this last week that 
Um, I think I think the the flack we've been getting on Twitter is that he can't separate. Um, yes, he can. First of all, and second of all, uh, the majority of his highlights, which is probably where you're watching this film, um, if you're thinking he's not separating much, uh, he's catching everything that's coming his way. So uh, even with a guy on his back, don't doesn't matter if it's fifty fifty ball, doesn't matter. If it's a sideline ball, he's got to get one toe in bounds. He's getting it. Denzel Mims is really good, guys, um, and uh, he's definitely not a first-round guy in the NFL draft. But definitely not? Definitely not. Stop. I have him in the second round. But you can't say he's definitely not a first-round pick. I don't think he's a first-round pick. Okay. I I'll- like him a lot. I don't think he's a first-round pick. If we have T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson. But this, they're everybody's saying the need for receiver is insane this year, especially at the end of the first round. You know how many teams want to draft their next receiver in Las Vegas in the first but round on day team, one? How many teams are thinking Denzel Mims is going to be their guy in the in the first round to, to take Denzel Mims? I, I just don't see it. You know, before the show, um, we were texting today talking about how Daniel Jeremiah says there's 27 <laughs> receivers that have at least one first, first second, That's, or third round grade, it's not happening. grades on them. And if there's 27 of them, I think there might be a few more that go in the first round that we think. And Denzel Mims, did he test his way into the first round? I definitely think it's possible. I would love to see Mims go in the first. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I just, I think there's a lot of positions that that teams are going to want to cover. Like offensive line this year is a pretty big team need along with corners and and some of the linebackers. But the offensive linemen suck. They don't all suck. the ones that are going in the back end of the first round, there is a receiver screaming your name instead. Buffalo, Denzel Mims. Just, Green Bay, Denzel Mims. Ooh, Green Bay. I don't know, man. I hope I hope he's a first-round pick, too, because I like him, too. All right. Um, the best available on my big whoa, whoa, board. Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa. You just, Kevin's ready to go. <laughs> Kevin's ready to take his guy at the ah! 206. Um, now for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm, I've got a guy to snipe. Um it's not really a snipe, but I, I got to do it now or else I'm not going to get anything I like afterwards. I'm going Keyshawn Vaughn. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. This is pretty late, in my opinion, for Keyshawn Vaughn. However, um, he did pretty much what I think everybody thought he did in the in the combine. I, I don't think he raised his, his stock. I don't think he, he lost out on anything. He just kind of was there. Um, it's clear that he's not on the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, Dobbins, Akers, uh, Swift, Taylor, you know, tears. He, he's definitely probably, in my opinion, the last running back I would touch with a 10-foot pole. Um, so at this point, mid, middle of the second round, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, lock it up. I think he has a good chance of going earlier uh, than, than the 205 in drafts. But um, at this point, I've only got one running back that I've drafted being the best one in my opinion. So I'm going to go ahead and just take Vaughn at this point of the draft. He's such a great value there. We talked about how bad the Vanderbilt team was. And back-to-back seasons, he's rushing for over 1,000 yards in the SEC, and you're getting him at the 205. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to follow with running back here. And um, a lot of people didn't like how he performed at the combine. He really underwhelmed. Maybe came in a little bit too heavy. Played in the Pac-12 for Utah. It's Zach Moss. Um I think you are going to see him slide a ton, maybe even into the third round of a lot of drafts. But again, just think about the position. You're able to get the seventh best running back out of this class that is super, super top heavy. Uh, of course, the guys you just mentioned, Bryce. But um, 
Zach Moss had a great college career, and for the bulk of his career, everybody was saying, pro running back, Zach Moss. Like, he runs like a pro-style running back. He is like a between-the-tackles type of guy. So I think if he ends up on the right team, Zach Moss could be a, a sneaky fantasy asset. And again, if he's if he's picked well and picked high in the draft, higher than a lot of people think now, then he's going to go higher in your in your rookie draft too. So we'll see with Zach Moss. Zach Moss, um, before we move on, uh, I wanted to add, when I was doing my, my big board before we did this pod, um, I had everything laid out, 25 guys in front of me. And today, uh, I saw Chase's big board, and I noticed Zach Moss was not on my big board. I completely forgot about him, because guess why? He's very forgettable. I'm just saying, I don't get what people are seeing out of Zach Moss. I've watched enough Pac-12 football, enough Utah football, enough go- a film going back. And if you couldn't see that this man was slow as fuck, then you're blind. You weren't paying close enough attention. He is so slow. His 40 proved that. And honestly, like, can he do uh, a lot on the field? Yes, he can catch. Yes, he can run. But the the fact of the matter is, this is this is your this is your bust running back of the year. And uh, I'm 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 sticking true to that take. And we'll we'll come back to that. Uh, we'll come back to that later once we see it. Boom! All right, me two oh seven. Start banging on the trash cans, boys, because we've got a curveball coming. Oh, Here oh we God. Go. Can I take a guess? I, yes. I want to guess it's Antonio Gibson. Ding, ding, ding. Antonio <laughs> Gibson. Who is Antonio Gibson? Six foot, 230. What position does he play? We don't really know. <laughs> kind of did it all for Memphis. Like I said, six foot two thirty, four three nine forty at the combine. Where, where did this come from? Ninety ninth percentile college yard per catch. Oh, so he's a receiver, right? Eighty eighth percentile college target share. Didn't really do anything. So he was community college as a freshman and sophomore. Didn't do anything as a junior. So we don't really like me. I don't really like that he didn't do anything for three years. He was buried behind Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard. But last year when they were gone. 33 rush attempts for 370 yards, 11.2 yards per carry, and then 30 and 12 touchdowns, and then 38 catches for 735 yards. So over a thousand yards from scrimmage. I was watching him kick return touchdown, insane 70 yard touchdown run. And then a different game. He catches an inside pass, busts it up to the, to the sideline, 60, 70 yard touchdown. Like he does it all. He doesn't really have a position. We don't know where he's going to play, but that is just screaming upside to me at 207. That's what I want there. I really want to see who takes him and where he goes and and how they use him. I'd love to see him a running back. Like he's got the size and the speed for it. And then with those receiving skills, he could be a PPR monster at running back. So I love this guy. Just kind of, just kind of sort of found him four or five days ago. was watching him blew me away. So Antonio Gibson. 33, 33 carries and 12 touchdowns. That's wild. <laughs> it's like almost Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones type of efficiency, except even better. Um, yeah, I like Gibson. I think this is the type of guy you're going to be able to get in the third round of your rookie drafts because your league members are just not going to know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. So take advantage of that. Gibson, don't need to, don't need to uh, draft him. Uh, this early, uh, oh, but Chase, uh, 
I don't. I'm. I'm gonna. We're gonna get there here. So normally, I, I I told myself I would never draft this man, um, but I think it's a crime that he's fallen this far. So yes, yes, I am. I'm taking Henry Ruggs here, um, because in real in reality, he's not gonna fall this far. Um, there's gonna be some guy in your league that's gonna want the super fast guy. Um, and and with the draft capital we're mm-hmm. expecting Henry Ruggs to have, for him to fall, like I said, for him to fall this far as a crime, uh, I think I just got the best value pick at the 208 because we all know that this is this is not really where Henry Ruggs is going to land. He's going to be a lot higher up and taken a lot earlier in rookie drafts. Um, hey, you know what? Maybe he he breaks the trend of bad fast 40 yard times. I mean, Tyree Kill is an outlier, of course, but. You know, maybe Rugs, maybe Rugs can break this chain of of just fast receivers not being successful at the NFL level. Maybe this is because this is where the point where the league wants to transition to speed. Maybe this is the time where more systems implement this type of guy and and and, and he works out. So that's where this is where I'm going to take him when he goes in the first 20 picks of the NFL draft. We will not find Henry Rugs at the 208. No, you will not find Henry Rugs. At the 108 of your rookie draft, I think he's he's going to be the first receiver off the board in a lot of rookie drafts this oh, year because no. he's going to be the first receiver off the board in a lot of NFL draft or in the NFL draft. Excuse oh me. Oh my God, I don't believe, I don't agree with that, but that's okay. That's okay. I think you're right in the sense that maybe your uneducated t- league members, you know, think that Ruggs is somehow better than Ceedee Lamb, Jerry Judy, you know, all these guys. But I I could see it. I can see the kind of upside. So I get it. If you are going to take him, this is kind of the spot where, like, we can kind of throw away the hatred here and just be like, okay, you kind of have to take this guy here. This is such a good value. But like we've said, like, he, could he be the first running or receiver off the board in rookie drafts and go in the middle of the first? Yes. But what what's perfect with this with that is like in this draft, if you were to do that, it would push Acres back a spot and Dobbins back a spot, right? And all those other guys there and and Rager and Lamb, so. That's what we want. We want these people to chase the upside, the speed, the four two seven, the Tyrone Calico, and uh, <laughs> God, the other guys that we that we joked about last week. So, uh, if you're gonna take him here, fine. That's that's totally fair. I took McCole Hardman here last year, actually, in our draft at like the two oh seven, and I think that that's a fine play. That's, that's a value pick, yeah. Play, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I've yet to take a quarterback. And here we oh, are. Oh no, Kevin. Here we are at the 209. I was going to wait until like the 212, but I think he's going to go higher because I think he's going to be a, a QB taken in one of the first two rounds. Um, he bombed the interviews apparently, but it's Jacob Eason from Washington. He did? Yeah, apparently he just like went into it, it was super immature and teams were like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, Oh, bombed in, as in he did well. No, like as he no. choked, like he did Dude, bad. bad. Like he, teams did not like talking to Jacob because Eason. he wasn't mature. Because he was acting like a little bitch. Okay, all right, I, I follow now. All right, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I like. I mean, I watched Eason all year. I hope he ends up going to a, a team that really needs QB and just kind of hands him the keys to the car right away. Do I think that'll happen? No, but like me and my buddy, uh, he went to uh, play golf there. Um, Text me is like I would love to see Eason go to a team in the first round, but like seeing the teams that are back there, the one that like scares me the most, or where I'll have to root against in my whole life, is the Patriots. And like how weird of a fit it is for Jacob Eason, like this this big arm kind of 
kind of maybe a little bit of an ego, kind of didn't work out in college a whole lot and ended up at Washington. You know, he lost his job to Jake Fromm. And, you know, here we have him at the fucking 209. If he goes in the first round of the NFL draft or he goes early second round, he's not going to be this far back in drafts. Like, I don't know. I just feel like he has too much potential with the physical ability that he has that if a team sees that in him and wants to make him their guy, he's going to be going right up where we had the other QBs around the end of the first round, start of the second. Jacob Easton to me is a third round or fourth round NFL draft pick. And sometimes those guys work out, you know, so it's it's worth like taking a flyer. Jack Prescott. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Like it's worth taking a guy that's it's taken back there. At least you have another QB that if he pops and you've got the luxury yeah. of having a team that's built out maybe a little bit more, Jacob Eason could be a huge trade value uh, in your dynasty league later down the road. So uh, for me at 209, it's Jacob Eason. All right, for me at 210, this is more of a draft capital play, um, just to fill everyone in, too. Bryce and I I made a bet on this guy um, a couple days ago. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona State, 6'205". I can't believe you passed up on some of these guys, man. I said this is this is if somebody's gonna Bryce and I made a bet. I think that Ayuk is gonna go in the first round. I do not like Brandon Ayuk. I really don't. Um, but if a team drafts him in the first round, if he goes to the Packers or or another team that wants that wants this guy in the first round, and I he's available on the board at two ten, a first round receiver, I'm taking him. Um, his profile is not that bad. Everyone was disappointed with the the, the four five forty. The dude's six foot two oh five. Like that's not that's not terrible. Ninety second percentile burst. Um, one thousand one hundred ninety two yards and eight touchdowns last year. So only only that year of production. But like I keep saying, I'm going to chase the draft capital. We don't really like them as fantasy guys um, analyzing what what they do. But if there's NFL teams out there, NFL scouts that like this guy enough to take him in the first in the first round of the NFL draft. I can't imagine a first-round receiver being drafted in the third round of a rookie draft. Same argument that I made with Jacob Eason. You know, like it's the same exact thing, just different position. Where if he goes that high, he's he got to take him. Like he just somebody believes him. Somebody's going to use him on the field enough to where he is valuable in fantasy football. Some of these guys have to go in the second, and third round, and um, I think I think the. Denzel Mims, the Keyshawn Vaughns, probably the Zach Mosses, Antonio Gibsons, Eason, Ayuk, you know, not Ruggs. Um, these are all these are all second, third, fourth round guys. That's just where I'm at with them. Um, which means this next pick makes it very difficult because I have been going upside for the most part this whole draft. So it comes down to LaVisca Chenault and Brian Edwards. Um, I was not as big on LaVisca Chenault, even though I liked, um, kind of, I, I liked his tape. I don't like the injury history now. Uh, I don't think that trying to run through this groin thing he was dealing with, uh, was a good idea. That was obviously a terrible idea. Um, just, just take that, take that day off, man. Like people loved you and loved watching what you could do. And you go out and do that. So I think this one's easy because Brian Edwards can't the, – the broken foot, that's a couple months. Like He's going to be back just in time. Teams um, are going to sleep on Brian Edwards, I think, a little bit. This is a another you know 
second or third round wide receiver who's getting comp to Debo Samuel. Uh, if he can do all the things that Debo Samuel can do, then this guy is a value pick at the 211. I think this is a, a guy I would love to draft in the late second, early third round of rookie drafts. Uh, this this is a pure upside play. I think Brian Edwards, had he been healthy, was able to test out a combine. I think I think Brian Edwards is easily a middle second round pick in rookie drafts um, because I think he's that talented. So I'm going Brian Edwards, and uh, I don't think that one's too difficult for me. I, I'm gonna struggle with the last pick here um, at the 212 because I'm I'm between like KJ Hamler, Michael Pittman. Um, even Chase Claypool, you know he he was a fucking freak at the combine, getting Megatron comps. That's I mean that's worth drafting, right? Like you got it, you got to like that. Um, KJ maybe a little bit more burnerish, but you see a lot of Miko in that burner too. And then and then Pittman, he was just, he was just good. And then I also you know had a pretty decent combine as well. So um, I'm not taking Donovan Peoples Jones at the last pick. Oh, like come I'm on. not doing that. I'm not I was doing hoping it. you do that. I'm getting shit on for my DPJ take, but when he actually does something in the league, you'll remember this pod. Um, <laughs> I mean, we didn't see KJ at the combine, so I feel like I can't take him. I'm surprised you're just gonna let Chenault go too. Yeah, the injuries are, are the too much thing, for right? me. Yeah. As far as like a fantasy owner, I feel like you know he's he's one early injury away in his his rookie career to be like. Everybody's just kind of done with him for a while, and then yeah. you just have this guy yeah. that you have to hold on to for so long until he can actually do anything. So, uh, for me, it's gonna be Michael Pittman. That's the right pick. Yeah, six foot four, two hundred and twenty three pounds. He ran a four five two, but again, the size uh, and the speed on top of it, like one eleven point two speed score. Uh, really like that. Great catch radius as, as well, ten point two five. That's eighty ninth percentile and. Um, at SC, he had 1,200 yards last season and 11 touchdowns in the Pac-12. So I just like the guy. Like I've watched him for a while too, yeah. and he had a huge season. He he didn't really break out until that last season in 2019. Like he hadn't had a thousand yard year before that. But um, USC's bad. Right place, right or right time, right place. Yeah, they went through a ton of different quarterbacks there. So uh, for him to have as productive of a year as he did, and just be forgotten in this class because of how many receivers there are. Um, is is pretty remarkable that you're going to be able to find a guy like Michael Pittman late in the second or in the third round, regardless of what happens to him uh, in the NFL draft on draft day. I mean, he'd have to go to a miracle spot for for him to climb up this list and get ahead of some of these guys. But um, that kind of wraps up our whole draft. We took 11 wide receivers. I mean, Antonio Gibson kind of counted as a running back sure. and a receiver, so I wrote him down as both. Um, we took six quarterbacks. And we took eight running backs, counting Antonio Gibson, uh, seven uh, there at Zach Moss before Gibson. So, uh, yeah, that kind of wraps it up. Are we going to kind of dissect it a little bit or, or just going to leave it at that? Um, I think that we kind of covered these guys pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the one thing that stands out to me is, I mean, how far rugs fell. Um, even though I know how we all, as a unit, feel about rugs. But he's not going to be that far down. I, I'm i still going to stand by this. I don't think Eason or Ayuk's going to be a second-round pick. And in the rookie drafts, I think you'll see more Michael Pittman, some Brian Edwards up there. LaVisca Chenault will definitely be in the second round. Um, some people are going to look at that upside and the ceiling that he's going to have and just hold him and wait and see. Uh, as for the first round, um, 
I think we kind of nailed the first round. The Rager is the Rager picks a little bit uh, off for me, but uh, that's Chase's guy. So I think that's just that's fine. You you got to get your guys right. Right. Uh, that's like a trade up and go get him guy. Yeah. I think the most surprising thing to me looking at the first round is Judy at the one ten. I think so many people for so long have had him in you know on their minds in Devi and have seen him in Alabama. I mean, they're playing in like the biggest game of the week every week that oh he's a surefire like top three guy in dynasty you know regardless of who else is there and then the season happens and yeah there's other talents and things like that well then the combine happens and you know the, the more you add to these resumes in these cases of other players it's not there's nothing wrong with Jerry Judy there's just a lot of guys that are really fucking good and then you add the need for running back on top of that so you see guys like Akers and Dobbins and I mean you could even justify Clyde Edwards Alaire being above him uh in some people's drafts so I think Jerry Judy sliding to 110 and Jalen Hurts there at 111 are kind of my two two big picks in the draft. Yeah, so like me, Snag and Rager there at the 107. I have them at two. I want to get my guy, but if if you're there, if you, it's all about knowing your um, all about knowing the people in your draft. If you think somebody wants to trade up and do that for him, and you don't really have him at your two, trade back, accumulate value, move move back, pick up Judy at the 110 plus get Justin Jefferson at the one, two for a guy who's really horny to trade up for his guy that he thinks has a lot of upside. So really, I think it's important to really like just kind of work people in this and always be thinking ahead and know who, 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 who the people in your league want to take and you can really play them and people get really excited on draft day and you can definitely take advantage of that and, and add a lot of value to your team. Well, guys, I think that's going to do it for tonight's pod. Um, thank you, everybody, for for tuning in again and listening. Um, we're going to keep building off of these mocks as the uh, months go along. Hopefully, our, like I said earlier in the intro, our, our Vegas trip doesn't get canceled. Um, we're seeing stuff in Italy getting shut down, and hopefully March Madness doesn't get <coughs> shut down. Yeah, funny, funny. Uh, March Madness might get shut down in Vegas. We don't know yet. That's up in the air, so... Cross your fingers for us, because we've been looking forward to this for a couple years now. Wash your fucking hands. Wash your fucking hands. All right, that's going to do it from us. Uh, Have a good night, everybody. We'll talk tutties with you next week.